Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons that we're calling Fighting with Family. Now, I know that none of us like to admit that our families aren't perfect, and none of us like to admit that our families have problems, but whether we want to admit it or not, every family has conflict. Every family fights. So in this sermon series, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we do that keep us from fighting fair with the people that we love the most. And then we're going to talk about how we can handle our conflicts with our family or in any other relationship in a healthier way. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So as we get started this morning, we're going to show you a few different pictures on the screen. And as you look at each one of the pictures that we're going to show you on the screen, I want you to think about what image stands out to you first, okay? So let's go ahead and put the first image up on the screen for everybody to see. All right, so I want you to look at that picture and think about which image you see first. And if you're joining us online right now, you can actually use the comments thread on Facebook or YouTube to answer that question. But for those of you that are here in person, we'll do it by a show of hands. So by a show of hands, how many of you see the old woman when you look at the picture first? Okay, and how many of you see the young woman when you look at the picture first? All right, I think everybody's got the hang of it, so we'll move on to the next picture. We'll put that one up on the screen, and again, as you look at this picture, think about which image you see first. Now, when you look at this image, how many of you see the two faces first? Okay. How many of you see the candlestick first? All right, very good. Let's do another image. We'll put that one up on the screen. And as you look at this picture, what do you see first? How many of you see the word liar first? All right. And how many of you see the face first? Very good. All right, we got one more image we're going to show you, and this one's actually the logo for the Pittsburgh Zoo. We'll put this one up on the screen because there's a lot to take in in this image. So take it all in for just a second and think about what you see first. All right, when you look at this image, how many of you see the tree first? Okay, how many of you see the lion first? How many of you see the gorilla first? How many of you see the birds first? How many of you see the fish first? How many of you think I'm lying about there being birds and fish in the picture? (laughs) They're in there. The birds are up over the top of the tree and the fish are down in the roots, but they're there. But that's also not really the point. So what is the point? Well, today is Mother's Day. And since it's Mother's Day, we know that we have some moms and their families that are joining us for worship, whether they're here in person or they're joining us online. So today feels like a really good day to start into a series of sermons where we're going to be talking about a problem that every family faces. And what is this issue? Well, it's conflict. Now, I know that nobody likes to admit that their family isn't perfect, and nobody likes to admit that their family has problems, But whether we want to admit it or not, every family has conflict. Or to put it another way for you, all families fight. All families fight. As a matter of fact, some of you got into little fights with your family before you even made it over to worship today, okay? 
You may have got into a little argument about where you were going to eat breakfast as you were making your way to our campus. Or you may have got into it with your kids, trying to convince them that they really needed to find their shoes so that you could come to church. Or you may have gotten into a little spat with your spouse because they used up all the hot water before you were able to take your shower this morning. So all families fight, but not all families fight fair. All families fight, but not all families fight fair. So starting today and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we do that keep us from fighting fair. And we're going to think about where these problem areas come from, and then we're going to spend some time talking about how we can handle the conflict that we have with our families or in any other relationship, for that matter, in healthier ways. Okay? But what does that have to do with all the pictures that we put up on the screen to start the service this morning? Well, we showed you those pictures to illustrate one of the biggest things that keeps us from fighting fair. So in each one of the pictures that we showed you, there were multiple images that you could have seen first. You could have seen the old woman or you could have seen the young woman first. You could have seen the two faces or you could have seen the candlestick first. You could have seen the word liar or you could have seen the face first. You could have seen the tree or the lion or the gorilla or the birds or the fish first. But no matter which picture we're talking about, there was one image that you noticed first. But just because there was one image that you noticed first, that doesn't mean that that was the only picture that you could see as you looked at each one of the images we put on the screen. But for a lot of us, a lot of the time, when we're experiencing conflict in our relationships, when we're fighting with our family, we don't realize that there are more than one way to see every situation and every problem that we face. So, we don't fight fair because we think there is only one way to see a problem. Our way. We don't fight fair because we think there is only one way to see a problem, and that's our way. I can remember an example of this that played out right before my eyes when I managed a toy store uh, right after I graduated college. And this particular story takes place on a Saturday in December. And on this day, I had an employee whose name was Clifford who was running a little bit late for work that day. And when he made it over to the mall and he was in the parking lot, he couldn't find a space anywhere. The, the, the mall parking lot was jam-packed. I mean, it was a Saturday in December after all, so everybody was out trying to get their Christmas shopping done. Well, as Clifford began driving up the first lane of the parking lot, he noticed that just about every single car in the entire lane was parked incorrectly. Every single car in the lane was outside of the little parking lines dividing the spaces. And Clifford told me later on, he thought at first that like all of the employees in the mall had gotten together to play a practical joke on him just because he was running late. But as he continued to circle the parking lot, he saw that every single lane in the entire parking lot was the same way. Nobody seemed to be parked correctly. So as he kept circling the lot, desperately trying to find a spot, he found himself getting more and more upset about the entire thing. I mean, he was mad at himself because he was running late, and now here he was in the parking lot right outside of the mall. All he has to do is make it in, but he's not even sure if that's going to be able to happen because he can't find a spot anywhere. And it's all because 
Nobody that came to the mall that day knew how to park their car. Everybody was parked incorrectly. And he just could not wrap his mind around the, the fact how this many people could all park so poorly. Well, eventually Clifford was able to find a parking spot, and he made it into the store and worked a shift. And that afternoon, when things started to slow down a little bit, I overheard Clifford talking with another one of our employees. And of course, he was complaining about how poorly everybody had parked that day. And that's when this other employee looked over at him and said, I think everybody parked so bad today because of the snow. The snow, Clifford said with a big look of disbelief on his face, that, yeah, it snowed last night. So when we got to the parking lot this morning, there was a thin layer of snow that covered the entire thing. It's all melted now, but when we got here, we couldn't see the parking spaces at all. And at that moment, you could almost see the light bulb turn on over Clifford's head. And he realized that he had spent that entire day upset because nobody at the mall knew how to park their car. But it was all because he could only see the situation from his own perspective. Those of us that were there first thing in the morning, we understood how difficult it was to park because the snow it covered up all of the lines. So, if we want to have healthier conflict, if we want to be able to fight fair with our families, we have to be able to see every situation from different perspectives. This is something that I was reminded of just a few weeks ago. Uh, when my daughter Hannah got a little bit upset with me one day while she was over with me in my office. Now, like just about every other kid in Jefferson County Public Schools, my daughter's only going in person two days a week, and that means that she spends most of the rest of her time with me in my office working on her school assignments. And on this particular day, she had a math assignment where she was supposed to round three-digit numbers. But her teacher wanted her sometimes to round those three-digit numbers to the nearest ten, and sometimes she wanted them to be rounded to the nearest hundred. And Hannah, being the ever-diligent student that she is, she wanted to make sure that she was doing her assignment right. So she grabbed her computer, brought it over to my desk, and she asked me if she was supposed to write um, to the nearest 10 or to the nearest 100 when she responded to these questions. Now, what Hannah really wanted to know is if she needed to write down two digits or three digits in her response. But that's not what I thought she was asking. I thought she wanted to know if in that particular problem she was showing me if she needed to round that number to the nearest tens or to the nearest hundreds. So I quickly looked at the problem on the screen and I told her to round to the nearest tens. Um, so she sat back down and she kept doing her work. But as she did it, she only wrote down two numbers when she was supposed to round to the nearest ten instead of three. So that means that she got some of her problems wrong. And she was none too happy with her father when she turned in that assignment and found out she got some of those answers wrong because she knew the right answer to every one of those problems. She just misunderstood how the teacher wanted her to respond. So in that moment, I had to take a step back. And I had to apologize to my kid and say, I'm sorry I didn't see this from your perspective, so I misunderstood the question that you were asking me. So again... If we want to be able to have healthier conflict, if we want to be able to fight more fairly with our families, we have to be able to see situations and problems from other people's perspective. And we're going to see this play out in the scripture passage that we're going to be taking a look at today. The passage that we're going to be looking at today comes from Acts chapter 16. 
Now, the book of Acts, it tells us the story of how our faith in Jesus grew and spread in the years and decades after his crucifixion and his resurrection. And in Acts chapter 16, we're going to find uh, the story of two guys, one named Paul and the other named Silas, who are in a place called Philippi, sharing the good news of Jesus while they're there. And as Paul and Silas are in Philippi, they're actually going to perform a miracle that will end up having them both be thrown in jail. But that's another story for another day. Today I want to focus in on the part of the story that happens after Paul and Silas are imprisoned. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 16 together. We'll start reading in verse 23. Here's what it says. The authorities threw them, that's Paul and Silas, into prison and ordered the jailer to secure them with great care. When he received these instructions, he threw them into the innermost cell and secured their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. All at once, there was such a violent earthquake that it shook the prison's foundations. The doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer awoke and saw the open doors of the prison, he thought the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul shouted loudly, Don't harm yourself! We're all here! The jailer called for some lights, rushed in, and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He led them outside and asked, Honorable masters, what must I do to be rescued? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your entire household. So in this passage, Paul and Silas are in prison. But Paul and Silas aren't just in prison. They have found themselves locked away in the innermost cell in the entire jail, and their feet are shackled while they're at it. And then something unimaginable happens in the story. A violent earthquake hits, and it shakes the prison's foundations. And as it's doing it, all the doors for all the cells pop open, and all the prisoners' chains come loose. So if you're looking at this story just from the perspective of Paul and Silas, this would have been the perfect opportunity for them to escape. I mean, this story takes place in the middle of the night. Their jail cell has just popped open. Their chains have fallen off. It's a great chance to escape. And it's not even like they were thrown into jail for a good reason. I mean, they were in prison because they had performed a miracle that helped somebody else that just ruffled some other people's feathers. But Paul and Silas's perspective is only one of the perspectives that we need to keep in mind as we hear the story. We also need to remember the perspective of the jailer. And in verse 27, we get a window into what's going on in the jailer's mind when we're told that when he realizes that the doors of the prison have come open, that he draws his sword because he's almost ready to end his life. And he feels this way. Because as the jailer, he is responsible for the security of every one of his prisoners. And if any of his prisoners escape, he's going to be held accountable for it. And the punishment for allowing a prisoner to escape is death. So if Paul and Silas had only seen this situation from their perspective, they would have been able to get away. But they would have done it at the cost of another person's life. 
But since they were able to see this situation from someone else's point of view, Paul and Silas are ultimately able to find a win-win solution for everyone. Because Paul and Silas stay where they're at, even after their chains come loose and the doors of the prison open up, they're able to save their jailer's life. And when the jailer comes in and talks about all of it, Paul and Silas are able to share with him the good news of Jesus, and they save his soul as well. And as unbelievable as it may seem, just a short while later, Paul and Silas actually get released from prison altogether. So they don't have to escape and spend the rest of their lives living like fugitives looking over their shoulders. Instead, they're released free and clear and get to enjoy their freedom again. So, when we face difficult situations, when we're fighting with our family, we can learn an important lesson from Paul and Silas's behavior in the story. And what we can learn is that if we want to fight fair, we have to be able to see other people's side of the story. Or to put it another way for you, if we want to fight fair, we have to have empathy. If we want to fight fair, we have to have empathy. And empathy is just a fancy way of saying that we can identify with another person's perspective. So how do we do that? How do we identify with another person's perspective? How do we build more empathy? Well, I've got three tips that I want to give you today that I think will help you become a more empathetic person. So, the first thing that we need to do if we want to become more empathetic is we have to admit that our perspective isn't the only possible perspective. We have to admit that our perspective isn't the only possible perspective. Think back to the pictures that we showed you to start the sermon today. Okay, each one of those pictures, you could have seen a particular image. In that first picture we showed you, you could have seen the old woman or you could have seen the young woman. But just because you saw the old woman first, that doesn't mean that your way was the only way to see that particular picture. And the same thing is true with any problem area that we find in our lives. Your perspective isn't the only way to see that situation. So if you want to be more empathetic, you have to be able to admit that your perspective isn't the only possible perspective. The next thing that you can do if you want to become more empathetic is you can learn to listen, to understand, and not respond. You need to learn to listen, to understand, and not to respond. And I'll admit that this is not an easy thing to do. Okay, we as human beings, we just don't seem to be hardwired to behave this way. Whenever we're having a conversation with someone, even if it's not a difficult topic, even if we're not fighting or having conflict, we are always listening ahead so that we know what we want to say next, instead of really paying attention to what the other person is saying to us. So what happened when Hannah and I had our little bit of conflict in my office a few weeks ago. I was listening to respond to her. I wasn't listening to understand her. I mean, I had a whole lot of work that I needed to get done that day. So I wanted to answer her question as quickly as I possibly could and then move on to the next item on my to-do list. So I was listening to respond to her, not to understand. And if I had taken the time to really slow down 
and to listen to what she was really saying to me, if I had listened to understand her and spent some time asking clarifying questions and really got to the heart of the problem that she had, you know what? She wouldn't have got upset with me. She would have, wouldn't have had to redo her assignment, and I still would have got back to my to-do list a whole lot faster than I did because I listened to reply, not to understand. So if you want to have healthier relationships, if you want to fight fair with your family, you have to learn to listen, to understand, not to respond. And my last tip to help you become more empathetic is this. If you want to be more empathetic, you have to practice being empathetic. Okay? If you want to have more empathy, you have to practice being empathetic. And there's a reason for this, okay? And it's because the next time that you break out your empathy skills, it doesn't need to be when you're in the heart, in the heat of a conversation, in a conflict with somebody that you love and you care about. Empathy, like any other important skill in your life, is something that you need to practice along the way so that you can develop those skills and master them before you really need them. You can kind of think of empathy as being a little bit like learning how to swim. You don't want to wait to learn how to swim until you're on a boat that's sinking in the middle of the ocean. You want to learn how to swim in a safer environment where you can make some mistakes along the way and develop those skills before you really need them. And one of the best ways that you can go about building empathy, believe it or not, is to read fiction books or to watch TV shows or movies about fictional characters and as you're watching these movies or TV shows or reading these books, try to see the story from the perspective of all of the characters that are involved. So you can actually start this, this afternoon. You can go home this afternoon, you can load up Disney Plus on your TVs, and you can start watching one of the Star Wars movies. And you can try to see the Star Wars movie from the perspective of Luke Skywalker and from the perspective of Darth Vader. Or, when you're tucking your kids or grandkids in at night, you can go over to the bookshelf and pull out like one of the Berenstain Bears books. And as you're reading through the story and listening to the story unfold, you can try to see the story from the perspective of Mama Bear and Papa Bear and Sister Bear and Brother Bear. And when you do this, when you can put yourself into the shoes of these fictional characters, what you'll start to see is that your eyes open up to a world that is filled with perspectives that are different than your own. And then, the next time that you really need to be able to be more empathetic, whenever you're having a, a conflict with your kids or with your parents, with your partner, with your spouse, or with your friends or anyone else in your life, you'll find that you have the skills to identify with their point of view. So, if we want to be able to fight more fair with our family, we need to be able to be more empathetic. But that's just the first problem that keeps us from fighting fair. We're going to talk about some of the other problems that keep us from fighting fair over the next couple of weeks here at Melbourne Heights. And we're going to also explore ways that we can handle these negative situations and find ways that we can have healthier conflict and to fight fair with our family. But for this week, I want to challenge you to work on being more empathetic. I want you to spend some time and admit that your perspective isn't the only possible perspective for a problem or situation you find yourself in. I want you to spend some time working on listening to understand, not to respond. 
And this week, whenever you're watching TV or whenever you're reading a book, I want you to spend some time thinking about the story that's unfolding from the perspective of the different characters involved. And when you do those three relatively small things, you'll find that you are becoming more empathetic. And the next time that you find yourself fighting with the people that you care about the most, you'll also find that you're fighting a little more fair. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this word of prayer, we just want to thank you, as we always do, for the chance that we've had to come together today to worship you. We thank you for the story that we've heard today of Paul and Silas and their interactions with this jailer, God, and this lesson that we can learn from them of how important it is for us to be able to see every problem we face, every situation we find ourselves in from other people's perspectives, God. Because you know that in every relationship that we have, God, especially those relationships with the people that we love and care about the most, that we have conflict and sometimes we fight. And God, we want to be able to fight fair in each of these relationships. So help us to be able to see these situations from other people's perspective. We also just want to pray that you continue to be present in all of our lives, God. That you help us to see other areas and aspects in our relationships that keep us from fighting fair. Because God, we know that you are a God of love, a God of mercy, and a God of grace. And we want to reflect that in every relationship we have. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's message has challenged you to work on being more empathetic. Because if we want to fight fair with our family, if we want to have healthier conflicts, we need to be able to see the situations and problems we face from other people's perspective. In our next episode, we're going to continue on in the sermon series, and we're going to be exploring another thing that we do that keeps us from fighting fair with our family. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the way that we don't like to confront problems head-on. Instead, we tend to be a little bit passive-aggressive. So we'll see why that's a big problem, and we'll talk about how we can handle that in a different way. So I hope you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops. It drops Tuesday mornings, and as always, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Also remember, Remember that you can come and join us for worship any Sunday morning and every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church's website at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We'd love to have you join us. Well, until next week, I hope that you guys have a great week. I'll be praying for you, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another sermon podcast.